Welcome to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The book of Judith is an allegory intended to teach a point, an extended parable, if you will, a deuterocanonical book that St. Augustine considered in the canon of Scripture of the Old Testament, and there it remained until roughly 1,400 years later when the British Foreign Bible Society removed it in 1825. The old saint had a clear vision, it would seem, that the book was a sacred writing, and one that I would like my seven granddaughters to read. This is the story of a widow, whose name means the Jewish woman, who possessed unblemished beauty and beguiled her people's enemy, delivering the town of Bethulia from invaders intent on destroying Jerusalem. A sassy lady who stood up, when everyone else chose to cower in the face of adversity, trusted in God alone, and delivered her people. The city of Bethulia holds control of a narrow mountain pass by which the enemy needs to cross in order to enter the holdings of Jerusalem. The enemy besieges the town, cutting off its water supply in an attempt to force a surrender. So all the people went in a crowd to Uzziah and the rulers of the city, They said before all the elders, May God judge between you and us. You have done us grave injustice in not making peace with our enemy. Do you remember how the people cried to Moses when they reached the Red Sea? Well, they're at it again. But Uzziah relents. He relents to the cries and tells them that the Lord does not deliver them in five days. He will surrender the city. In the enemy's encampment, King Nebuchadnezzar's chief commander, Holofernes, has been charged with exterminating all the gods of the earth who would contest the king's deity. The mighty commander is listening to an informant describe the Hebrew people he now faces. This people are from the progeny of the Chaldeans, says the informant. They moved to Canaan in order to worship the one God of heaven. But a famine came, and they moved to Egypt, where they stayed for 400 years and multiplied. But the Egyptians held them as slaves. They cried out to the Lord of heaven, who sent plagues upon the Egyptians until they were released. But the Egyptians pursued them and tried to return them to servitude. Their Hebrew God caused the Egyptian army to be swallowed by the Red Sea. Then they occupied the deserts of Mount Sinai for 40 years, and bitter springs were made sweet. They re-entered the Canaan land without bow, spear, shield, or arrow. But their God fought for them, and they were victorious. When they turned from their God, they were delivered to their enemies. And when they repented, no foreign army could touch them. We must find where they stand with their God before we attempt a battle. Upon hearing these words, Holofernes and all his army became enraged, setting in their sight a battle plan to destroy Bethulia and conquer Jerusalem. Judith has been praying earnestly for her city and the people asking God for a plan. She rises from her prayers with the plan God has given her. She removes her clothes of mourning because she is a widow and adorns herself with her finest garments, spices, and jewelry. She summons her maidservant and they prepare to address the elders of the city. This young woman, beautifully prudent and devout, comes to Uzziah and the elder saying, What you said to the people today is not right. You pronounced this oath made between God and yourselves and promised to hand over the city to our enemies unless within five days the Lord comes to our aid. Who are you to put God to the test today? 
setting yourselves in the place of God in human affairs? You cannot plumb the depths of the human heart or grasp the workings of the human mind. How then can you fathom God or discern his mind or understand his plans? So Judith shared the plan she received from God with Uzziah and the elders, asking them and the other men of the city to pray for her, saying, As the Egyptians trusted in their war chariots and multitudes, yet the abyss took hold of their feet, so will it be for Holofernes and his warriors. She leaves the city of Bethulia adorned in her finest elegance with a basket of food and her maidservant, walking toward the enemy's encampment, present in her mind that God crushes his enemies from the beginning. Reaching the gates of the enemy, they are at wonder with her surpassing strength and beauty. Leading her to the commander Holofernes, he too is captivated by her elegance. She explained that she had left the Hebrew city because they were cowards, and she would lead Holofernes through a secret pass to capture the city and punish the people who had fallen from their God. Only she must pray for four days to discern these truths and be allowed to move freely within the camp. She used words to tickle the ears of her enemy about their godlike qualities and superior strength and leadership, as the stench of their arrogance induced them to fall for every word she spoke. When four days passed, Holofernes could take it no longer, because he desired to sleep with Judith. He prepared his tent for her and brought the finest wine. But she would not sacrifice her promise, her heart, or her soul. Her beguiling way was too much for the great commander, and he drank himself to sleep. Untouched by his hands, she drew his sword with her own hands and cut the man's head off at the shoulders. Judith and her maidservant walked out of the enemy's gate with the commander's head in a basket. When the enemy discovers Holofernes in the morning without a head, they panic. In the night before, just at the beginning of the fifth day, Judith held the head of Holofernes up before the people of Bethulia, and they were emboldened. The Hebrews, outnumbered and outgunned, stormed from their gates in the morning sun and crushed their enemy as they flee before them. When Judith pulled the sword of Holofernes from its sheath, she prayed, Confirm me, O Lord, in this hour. She stood before the people in the wee hours of the morning. She had not sacrificed her promise, her heart, or her soul, and she held victory in her hands. When the people gathered around her, she said, Praise the Lord, our God, who has not abandoned those who hope in him. And everyone adored the Lord, saying to Judith, He has blessed you by his power because through you he has reduced our enemies to nothing. Just when everything seems lost, God, who is ever faithful to his promises, causes the very weakness of his people to produce strength through a woman who trusts and honors God. Yes, the enemies fled before them. Judith, the lioness, pure in God's eyes, she exhorts us, be bold, be courageous, and trust that God is with us. Ain't it so? This is Getting Grit signing off. I hope you'll come see us at www.gritquest.com and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>